Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Tina Muir. Hello, this is Tina Muir, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. If you are listening to this podcast, unless you are my mom and dad, you have probably been bitten by the running bug. It can be hard to describe, and maybe you didn't see it coming, just like my guest today. But running is addictive, and it will change your life in ways you never imagined. Sure, it does give you toned muscles and the ability to get out of the pouring rain a little quicker, but running gives you so much more than that. My guest today went from running an injury-plagued first marathon to running 32 marathons all healthy, and then setting up her own online training website where she coaches other runners. There are many ways that running changes our lives for the better, and today my guest and I talk about the process, how running always gives back more than it takes, and how perseverance can lead to your greatest accomplishments. My guest today is Angie Spencer. Angie is the co-founder and host of Marathon Training Academy blog and podcast, which she set up with her husband Trevor. They have three children and they are experts at organising their time to fit in everything they need to do. Angie graduated from Montana State with a Bachelor's of Science and is now a registered nurse. She is a USATF and Roadrunners Club of America certified coach and has many clients whom she coaches from the Marathon Training Academy website. Angie has a personal best marathon of 335.41 and ran this year's Boston Marathon, followed by the Lincoln Marathon two weeks later. She talks about that a little later on. Angie specialises in beginners for the marathon and really believes in the importance of running to being able to transform your life. Today, Angie and I are going to talk about how her life changed forever when she took up running, why running three days a week is enough, and what you can do to stay healthy. It's not what you think how to fit marathon training in with three kids and a full-time work schedule, and what mistakes first-time marathoners often make and how you can overcome them or prevent them. So let's get on with it and meet Angie. Welcome to the Run to the Top podcast, Angie. Thank you for having me, Tina. I'm, I'm excited to have you and I'm excited uh, just for our listeners to know a little bit more. We're actually going to do a swap here. So this week I'm going to interview Angie and uh, next week she's going to actually interview me. So you will get to hear both interviews probably on both sites. So hopefully uh, hello to any MTA uh, new listeners and then you'll be able to say hello to any Runners Connect listeners and you should definitely check out uh, their podcast as well. Yes, so, I think that'll be great. Yeah. Can you give me a brief summary about uh, the moment you finished your first marathon in 2008, how your life changed and why that was so powerful to you? Why was that moment so specific? Well, I think it started even before I crossed the finish line of that first marathon. Looking back, I had kind of been in a crisis point in my life, not a major crisis, but I was depressed and not sure with little, two little kids, you know, what my role in life was at that point in time. And I think we, people go through these kind of transitions, um, every few years, maybe. And so I had just decided that I was going to train for a marathon, even though the only race I'd ever done was a 5k. It just seemed like a big thing and something that I could kind of prove to myself that I could do it. And I didn't know any other runners, really. I didn't know anyone who'd ever run a marathon personally. And so 
just that process of training, of pushing myself to be consistent through the winter, you know, the cold, the snow, the ice, and everything that goes into it, and doing those long runs, it really, I guess, showed me what I was made of, so to speak. And just having that question in your mind, can I do this? And being able to answer that by, yes, crossing that first marathon finish line. And it was a painful process, like all (laughs) first-time marathoners, you know, usually experience. But it really did change my life. And I knew right away that I wanted to do another marathon. And it kind of took off from there. Yeah, I could could definitely see that. And especially like you mentioned about having two kids. And I think that is something a lot of mothers, I'm not a mother myself, but something they struggle with kind of, you know, a bit of a loss of identity, you know, am I just a mother? Or did you find that uh, the running kind of gave you that other part of yourself that you could look into? I think that's really true. Um, I'm a pretty goal oriented, maybe driven person. And you know, I like to feel like I'm accomplishing something. And, you know, when your main source of conversation during some days is two little kids, you know, (laughs) sometimes you don't feel like maybe you're fulfilling all that, you know, being all you can be, I guess. And so adding running into it was just a really good boost for me, not only my self-esteem, but also physically, you know, I got fitter, I learned so much about myself. And, you know, it really has turned the direction of my life. I mean, if you would ask me 10 years ago, if, you know, that told me, I guess, that I was going to be a running coach and, you know, run dozens of marathons, I would have laughed at you. But, <laughs> you know, it's funny, just these changes that the directions that life can take. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it's different now? Uh, seems to be a bit of a running boom over the last few years. Do you think it, you, it, your life would have turned out a little different if you would have, you know, if things would have been as uh, running oriented and, you know, popular as it was as it is now back then? Yes, I think one of the advantages of now that marathons and half marathons are, you know, continue to build in popularity is that it's more of an accepted thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are running marathons, half marathons, taking on that distance, ultra marathons. Um, And a few years ago, at least in my community, in my circle, you know, people thought it was crazy to run at all, much less, (laughs) you know, what they considered crazy long distances. And so I think there's a lot more support options out there, you know, places like Runners Connect, Marathon Training Academy, there's, you know, so many great places you can get go to get education and support that it's really a great time to be running and and doing marathons. Oh, yeah, I I could not agree more. And so you've you've run about uh, 32 marathons, is that correct? That's correct. Mm -hmm. They've all been injury free. But that first one you did, um, you were actually plagued with injuries. So what did you change after that moment to stay healthy? Well, I started experiencing a lot of knee pain and, you know, I didn't know what was going on. As the first time marathoner, you just kind of learn as you go, I suppose. And so I dealt with a lot of IT band syndrome. And after that first marathon, I couldn't run for a few weeks, which was really disheartening, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> something I really loved and was kind of addicted to at that point. And so I started doing yoga and really realized that cross-training, focused cross-training was missing from my routine previously. I just had run, you know, get those training runs in and then go about my busy life and making time for focused cross-training, things like yoga, strength training, making sure that you've got a strong core is so important. Um, I, I think it's really vital that people add that to their routine and it's just something that can help you become more of an injury-proof runner. There's, you know, n- not on a 100% guarantee that you're going to stay injury-free. But it's really, I think, one of those missing keys that people really need to add in. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, you kind of reminded me just then, you know, saying about cross training and, you know, we constantly talk about the importance of cross training. But actually, uh, my strength coach uh, the other day kind of brought it into perspective to me by saying that uh, running in itself is you're doing a lot of uh, low weight, uh, high rep exercises over and over. So, People think, you know, why, surely I just need to run, but you're you're constantly doing those low uh, low weight, high rep. So that's why you need to do other activities that are, you know, strengthening different areas. And I really thought that was an interesting way of kind of looking at it. And uh, you've kind of reminded me of that by the way you were talking about cross training. And it's good to know that that was the difference that you saw between, you know, staying healthy and being injured. Um, and were there any other commitments that you made to see those big improvements? I guess I realized that since I was more injury prone, I couldn't be one of those people who ran every day, at least early on in my marathoning. So I, when I trained for my second marathon, I only ran three days a week. So I would do um, my long run and a speed workout and then usually an easy run. And then I would intersperse it with the focus cross training. And I found that really was a helpful key um, for me. And then, you know, as I was able to get through more marathons injury-free. I was able to build up to a higher mileage base and run more days a week without injury. So I think it's important to really listen to your body and not just do something because, you know, you see other mm -hmm. people, the successful people, oh, they're running six days a week. Well, I need to run six days a week. That may not necessarily be true for you. So really, um, for people who are thinking about you know, running their first marathon or half marathon and want to do it injury-free, it really needs to be something that you need to tap into what your body needs. And, and over time, you know, things will probably, you'll be able to handle more um, as you get stronger, as you, you know, learn what you can handle. So I think that was important for me to realize that, okay, I need to, I'm unique. <laughs> you know, there's not a really a one size fits all that, that works for everyone. And that, that was very helpful just to kind of realize I needed to focus on progress and not perfection. <laughs> yeah. And it was good to know that you, you know, started lower, but you, like you said, you did build up. So it's not, if you are starting running and, you know, you can only run three days a week, like you said, it's not like you're doomed to three days a week forever. You can build up, but you just have to be smart about it. So good, good point right there. And uh, I know it's difficult in this social media world where we just want to share all the time and, you know, tell others and you see constantly surrounded by those photos but it's good to know that if you listen and like you said listen to your body it will it will pay off in the in the end because you've run a 335 is that correct is your best for a marathon? yes that's my personal best right Great. okay good see so there you go listeners you can see that you know she's she's run fast so listen to what she's saying here um so you're a mother of three and a registered nurse in addition to working full-time at marathon training academy so how do you how do you fit all that in i can't even get my head around that with with three kids as well <laughs> well i get up very early in the morning yeah <laughs> unfortunately i'm a morning person so you know i get up really early to get my run in and so i can get home and get my kids up and get them ready for school so what time is that early morning just well it's in. usually five ish okay okay <laughs> It depends on the length of the run, obviously, you know, sometimes <laughs> okay. it's earlier if I have a longer run, uh -huh. sometimes I can get a few extra minutes of sleep. And, you know, then I find that I have to go to bed pretty early at night. Yeah. I guess I kind of have a boring life. Maybe there's no wild nightlife anymore. <laughs> no, it's but, still more fulfilled and uh, enriched, I would have thought. Exactly. I find I have to really make my, my minutes and my hours count and be very scheduled about things and keep 
a schedule and a calendar and write things down because, you know, that way you know what's coming and you can plan and prepare for it. Um, but I think, you know, your listeners are in the same boat. They're busy. They have, you know, maybe relationships that take time, kids, jobs, you know, social or volunteer commitments, and they also want to make time for training. So I think, you know, I'm just kind of like the average person, really, who is trying to balance so many things in my life. Mm-hmm. And would you say that um, you try and, you know, do you try and interject a uh, little bursts of cross-training or other activities while you have a minute here or there, or is it just in the morning and then, you know, kind of done for the day? Well, for the most part, I, I always try to get my run done in the morning because mm-hmm. then there's not a chance it gets crowded out later in the day um, with my schedule. I do attend a couple of yoga classes faithfully each week, and so I have those scheduled in. In fact, I just came back from there a few minutes ago, so I'm okay. <laughs> still in my yoga clothes. But um, And then I will try to do you know maybe a couple bursts of core training during the week on my own and you know maybe some lower body strength training sometimes even um, during an easy run I will stop every mile and do a few push-ups so you know there's ways that you can add it in without it seeming like a big huge deal mm-hmm. um, you know maybe for listeners if they watch a little bit of tv in the evening they can do their core routine while they're doing that or you know I think it, it's just helpful to establish patterns because, you know, if we don't plan to do something, it really just kind of slips by the wayside. And pretty soon, you know, you haven't made time for core training for several weeks. And it's, you know, going to pay off probably in a negative way um, when you're trying to perform at a high level. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's all, like you said, all about being creative and finding finding those ways that work for you. I mean, you said you're a morning person. I'm a morning person. But you know, if people aren't morning people, then, you know, in the evening when the kids have gone to bed, that may be your time. So like you said, it's good to kind of try and fit it in. And just out of curiosity, are you one of those people that um, like kind of did your workouts with your kids? You know, I could just, uh, you see quite a lot of that nowadays where, um, you know, they hold their baby while they're doing a crunch or something. Did you ever do anything (laughs) like that? When my kids were younger, my youngest (laughs) is four now. So he's kind of, you know, like 40 pounds. Oh yeah, not now. (laughs) do much with but I I would you know do yoga or be stretching or on my yeah. foam roller and they'd be crawling all over me yeah. you know yeah. that whole thing so oh, no that's great I, I just was curious with that yeah it so was I, cute my youngest will sometimes you know try to do yoga poses while I'm oh. doing them and he'll, look mom down dog you know, it's, it's really well that's cute. making it more fun isn't it it's bringing the excitement into it rather than seeing it as a chore so exactly and I want my family to see that you know exercise and fitness is a way of life and I want mm-hmm. my boys to find something they're passionate about a sport or an activity and you know be able to pursue that it may not be running but something that they enjoy and just live a life of health and fitness really yeah yeah definitely and what about if someone hasn't maybe hasn't in the past uh you know, they've got two younger kids, but they've never really exercised, never really run before. And they think, you know, I'm, I'm just too busy. I'm too tired. Is there any other suggestions that you would have for someone who maybe ha- hasn't got that routine down yet? Well, I think usually the first few weeks of establishing a new routine are, are very challenging. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think it comes down to carving out maybe 30 minutes three times a week to start um, a running routine and to start small, start with run-walk intervals. You know, you're not going to probably going to be able to go out there and run for 30 minutes straight. That's just not realistic. I didn't start there and, and most people didn't. Um, so having realistic expectations 
And then, you know, finding out what kind of cross training you enjoy, whether it be yoga or cycling or, you know, maybe a spin class or swimming, and then adding that in a couple times a week. And it doesn't have to be like huge long sessions, but just getting into that habit and, you know, finding motivation from like-minded people who are going to encourage you to stick with it mm-hmm. um, is really important. So surround yourself with people who uh, really are goal-oriented and see the importance of that and trying to maybe avoid some of the more negative influences that are like, hey, let's go get cupcakes, you know, and, <laughs> you know, maybe hang out with the friends who who want to run together or do a yoga class together or something. Um, I really like the book, The Power of Habit, and it's, it's been on the New York Times bestseller list, I know, in the past. And it's it's a really good book talking about how you can change your life by establishing habits. And it really goes into the psychology of of how that happens. So, you know, maybe read a couple books or listen to a couple audio books that are going to encourage you to, um, you know, establish this new habit and get connected with a community that can help you. Mm-hmm. And I think when you say about community, that also, like we were talking about social media in a, in a you know, negative way to make you want to do more. But I also think, you know, sharing that and talking about it kind of does help. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked to Chris McDougall, and he definitely mentioned that that it was uh, important. He thought the sharing culture was fantastic, um, and it, you know, it really is helping move things in a good direction. So good That's to hear right. you agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to um, your work as a coach. Um, you work a lot with first-time marathoners. Uh, is there one mistake or a few mistakes that you often see new marathoners make, and if so, how can they prevent it in the future? I think there's maybe a couple of things that I see. Sometimes I see people who want to be a little bit too aggressive with their goals. Um, maybe they have a you know a specific race they want to do, and it's in four months, and they think, okay, I want to be marathon ready in four months, and you know they really haven't done much long distance running before. So I think it's important to have realistic goals. Realize that to do this injury free, which is the way you want to do it, mm-hmm. it may take you know a matter of months, maybe a couple of years. Um, so really be committed uh, for the long haul, I guess, making this a lifestyle instead of just kind of one of those bucket list things to check off. Um, and then I would say, you know, really make sure that you can carve out the time um, that it's going to require. It's not like it requires huge amounts of time. You're not going to be, it's not going to be your full-time job training because you're obviously not an elite athlete or anything, but um, carve out that time and really make it a priority and, and, I always tell people that running always gives back more than it takes away. You know, so it may take some time. It may take some commitment. You may have to get up earlier or stay up a little bit later if you run in the evening. But it's always going to give back. It's always going to pay off. And, you know, finding, like we've talked about, community that really fits with your goals um, that you can find as a source of encouragement is so important, too, because it's hard to be a Lone Ranger <laughs> runner. Yeah. And um, it really helps to share the journey with people. Oh, yeah, especially when you have people to run with. I think that makes a huge difference. And you said about uh, picking goals, but is there a specific way you usually recommend for people to picking their goals? Because I think a lot of people kind of just pick them out of the air, like I want a Boston qualifier or I want to run under four hours. Is there a a method you found works best for how to kind of pick what works for you? Well, I think everyone's goals are going to be individual. And just because they have a big goal, maybe like qualifying for Boston or, you know, running the London Marathon (laughs) or, you know, running a marathon in all 50 states, you know, those are great goals. And even if you're at the point where it seems 
like it's not feasible, you know, it can be a long-term goal. And yeah. so I think people really need to establish a solid running base and just take those months to to build up and everything and realize that, you know, over time you will get there if you're committed to the process. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of patience has to go into long-distance oh, running. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just having the patience to be out there and do those long runs and do the stretching and do the work that you need to do. It it really kind of has to be a mindset. So I think having that mindset change is, is really important. And yeah, those, those goals will happen if you're committed to it. But don't be impatient. Just, you know, think about progress and not perfection. Yep. And, you know, I'm out there just I, you know, kind of a middle of the pack runner and I have to work through these same issues as well. So realize that even people that you look up to in the running world who maybe seem like they have it all, they have it all together, <laughs> you know, they go through these same struggles and everything. They have the same time constraints and the same challenges. So, you know, just be encouraged that you can achieve your goals as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. And uh, I think you brought up a good point about, uh, you know, kind of seeing what others are going through and understanding that everyone is going through that. And I think, uh, a lot of people are kind of almost afraid to say that they are struggling or they are kind of going through something bad. But if you do talk to other people, I mean, the chances are that they've probably either gone through it or they're going through it right now. I mean, I know, especially myself, I get a lot of people think, oh, well, it's easy for you. You run fast. But it it never gets easier. Running is always difficult. You always hear that little voice that says, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) And you have to to push it out. And uh, I, I find on my blog, my personal blog, that a lot of people write to me and say, you know, oh, it's crazy. It's good to hear that you go through the same things, but I think that is important. You know, I, I'm an elite runner. You've run over 30 marathons and, you know, you, we both still go through the same issues. So for runners out there who are, you know, maybe doing your first one or training for it, just don't be afraid to ask for help and talk to people that you look up to because, like you said, they may they may help you and they probably are thinking a lot of the same things as you are. Exactly. So, good to know. Um, and what would you say to people who are about to start training for their first marathon? They're really thinking about it. They've seen a lot of ex- excitement. Maybe they went to watch their first marathon and thought it looked like fun, but they're not sure if they can do it. You know, it sounds like a long way. They hear all the horror stories. What would you recommend to those people? Well, I think it has to start in your mind, first of all. And I'm not saying that you're going to be 100% confident. No one's 100% confident. Mm-hmm. But you really have to start to believe that I can run a marathon um, you can look at examples around you of people who have done it, you know, and like you said, social media and there's so much more out there showing people who overcome just overwhelming odds to run marathons. And so, you know, get that get that vision for yourself that you are a runner and you can become a marathoner or whatever your goal is. And so I think just starting to have that confidence um, at MTA, our, our tagline is, um, you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, it's may- maybe not necessarily the marathon that changes you, but you change yourself in the process of committing to that. And I, and I think that's really powerful. And so I think once you have that, that, that goal and you maybe make a commitment and tell people about it, sign up for that race and, and commit to putting in the training, putting in the work and being patient with the process and it's, you know, it is going to be life changing. It may not, not be 100% ideal or what you envisioned. You know, a lot of people have really rough, <clears throat> excuse me, first marathons. But if there's that desire and that drive, 
you know, it's going to be worth it. And, you know, you just don't know what doors it's going to open up for you as well. Mm-hmm. I think also focusing on, like you mentioned earlier, the process rather than the end goal. I mean, quite often we, especially with new runners, when you do get excited about it, you can kind of get tangled up in the, the goal, the finish. And, you know, as those challenges come, as those setbacks come, you think, oh, well, this, of course, this would happen to me. But you rather than thinking, you know, all right, this is a tough moment, but this is, you know, testing my commitment, testing how much I want this. So I think that's that's another important point and you know you brought that up there with uh first time marathoners especially um and then how long would you recommend people uh you know if they wanted to start a marathon how long should they uh leave before when they start training like how long of a build-up would you recommend for someone who's never run a marathon before it kind of depends on their previous running experience you know some people who've been running shorter distances for years i will have an easier time um, building up to a marathon and, you know, maybe able to jump right into a, you know, 16 or 20 week training plan. Usually for first time marathoners, I recommend the 20 week training plan just gives them more time to, you know, get those long runs in, work out any kinks that they're having, things like that. You know, if a person is coming from maybe another sport, they're going to, you know, they may have a good base of fitness, but, you know, sometimes running treats the body a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So they may need slightly more time if they're coming off the couch you know, it may even require more time because you really don't want to rush the process. You want to build that solid cardiovascular fitness and also make sure that your your bones and muscles and tendons all have time to really adapt. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to give necessarily just yeah. a specific time frame um, for people. But yeah, don't be in a hurry. Um, there's the wonderful thing. There's tons of races out there. So many exciting marathons. Um, you know, to travel to or to do locally and everything. So, you know, even if you find that, well, maybe the race you were looking at this year is coming up too quickly and you're not quite in that shape, there's always going to be another one or next year. Mm -hmm. So really just keeping that. I mean, for me, my goal is to run healthy the rest of my life. And, you know, that kind of drives everything that I do so that I'm going to kind of check it against that. Is this, you know, really going to help me to, to be healthy and be able to live active and and healthy the rest of my life so that you know kind of ask yourself what your end goal is I suppose yeah no that's a great way of looking at it and uh when you said about uh looking at different marathons and you know you may not get into the specific race that you you know uh want that time uh have you done I take it you've done some of the bigger marathons like Boston but you've also done some smaller ones and there are I'm guessing some advantages to doing both I mean all the ones I've done have been big so I can't really talk but I'm sure you can (laughs) Yes, um, I've done a few of the bigger races like Boston and Chicago and Marine Corps. Um, but actually, sometimes the smaller to mid-sized races are my favorite. Maybe it's because I was kind of a small town girl and big cities overwhelm me a little bit. But sometimes I think they just have a special touch. Um, there's been some really great marathons that I've done that were obviously put on by people who really know what the marathon experience is like and just really went out of their way to make it special, whether it was, you know, the swag or the course support or trying to make the course really beautiful, different things like that. And, you know, I guess I'm more of a solitary runner, so I don't mind running, you know, if I'm not surrounded by people and I don't need someone cheering for me every step of the way. And, and you know, and some people really, really prefer the bigger races because they really feed off that crowd support and everything. But I really think there's something to be said for smaller to mid-sized races. 
and they're less crowded if you're trying to run a PR, you know, you have more of the road to yourself. So that can be an advantage as well. Yeah. So if you are, you know, feeling a little disheartened, if you did apply to get into Chicago or New York and you didn't, you didn't make it, it's not, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things to offer about the smaller ones. So that's, that's good to hear. That's right. Um, so on the uh, Marathon Training Academy website, you talk about, uh, you, you pride yourself on, you know, helping transform lives. Uh, do you have a success story that particularly sticks out in your mind as to, you know, that you really turned someone's life around or they, you know, were really had a life changing moment because of running? Yeah, I've received a lot of great emails mm-hmm. and Facebook messages over the years. And I think that's probably my favorite part about doing this. It's just, you know, being a small part of, of people's lives. And I, I can't say that it's me or, you know, my husband that are really changing people's lives. But I think we're, we're putting out the information and the and motivation and encouragement um, so that people start to believe that they can achieve their goals and change their lives. And, you know, then, of course, we have training plans. We have coaching that it's more of the boots on the ground type stuff to help them achieve that. But I think a really special moment was actually just this past Sunday. Um, I was running the Lincoln Marathon in Nebraska, and we had a meetup before the day before of some people who um, are members of our community. And then I had the privilege of watching one of my coaching clients cross the finish line. It was his first sub-four-hour marathon. And Pat is from Texas. He's 58 years old and a grandfather of three. And he was he's just you know, a wonderful person, he and his wife. And to see him, you know, achieve that goal, he ran 357, which was a 48 minute PR. Wow! You know, that was so much better than anything I could have done out there that day myself. And just being able to give him a hug and congratulate him and and see how marathons, how running long distance has really been instrumental in him making a lot of health and fitness changes in his life. And now he has the, he's got Boston in his sights, you know, mm-hmm. he wants to qualify. He's just got to knock off a couple of minutes and, you know, it's just really exciting to be on the journey with people like that. Oh yeah, that's lovely. And that's, that's exactly the kind of story that, you know, we like to hear about and very motivational and inspirational and uh, it's, it's great to hear. And I'm sure you were, you know, a huge part of that, but um, like you said, it's nice, it's nice hearing that people are doing well and have changed their life and, you know, it's all down to them and the effort and the time they put in. So that's great. Um, and then, you, okay, so we'll we'll move on to, you said you ran the Lincoln Marathon, but what the listeners may not know is you did actually run Boston as well. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I can't even imagine trying to do two marathons that close together, but how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm part of a community called the Marathon Maniacs. And so, <laughs> There's people who run marathons every single weekend. So I kind of feel like a baby as far as <laughs> doing multiple marathons. Um, but yeah, it was, I did Boston and, you know, it was a big, exciting race, cold weather. And then Lincoln just a few days ago was a smaller race and extremely hot weather. So it was definitely a huge contrast. And I was feeling a lot more tired in Lincoln. Um, I, it wasn't obviously a race that I was trying to, you know, run fast in. Um, so it just kind of depends on your goals. A person can, if they just are out there to have fun and complete races, you can actually do a lot more than you think. Um, and I, I realized during this race, I, people were dropping like flies from the heat and receiving medical care. And I was thinking, okay, you know, I just want to finish on my own two feet and have a good time out here. And <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, like a finishing time I'm going to be bragging about or anything, but 
for me and for many people, um, doing marathons, running races is about traveling, about connecting with people, mm-hmm. being able to see new sites. And so, yeah, sometimes they end up being close together and um, you just kind of, you know, maybe have the first one as your A race and the second one's just more for fun. But, you know, th- there's ways that you can build up to doing that if, if it's one of your goals and everything. Uh-huh. Have you done any like back-to-back weekends or back-to-back even days? in, Or has it been two weeks? Is that the closest you've come together? Two weeks is the closest I've done. Um, last fall, I did four marathons in, what was it? Five weeks, I think. So that was that was a lot. By the mm-hmm. <laughs> the last one, I was like, "Wow, I'm tired." <laughs> I'm <not surprised. laughs> I, need, I need a little while off. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not quite as crazy as some people, but I say crazy in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do in between the in between the races? Is it all easy running, or do you do anything in between, or take a few days, or? Well, I'm actually in the middle of a, a running streak right now. Okay. Um, so I'm like six months into a running streak. So. <laughs> You know, this is kind of don't do as I do type thing. But <laughs> <laughs> the day after the marathon, I just did a super easy mile and walked around um, some. And I think sometimes that can help a little bit with recovery. Yep. So between the marathons, I just kept my effort really easy, did, you know, shorter runs. I think my longest run was maybe six miles in between and just listened to my body and, and took it really easy and everything. Did a lot of yoga and stretching and you know, got on my foam roller and try to work out some of the kinks and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely about, like I said, listening to your body and yep. not being crazy about it. <laughs> <laughs> As someone from a group called Marathon Maniacs, that's, uh, that's kind of funny hearing you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, it's great. And I will put a link actually to uh, Marathon Maniacs in, in addition, obviously, to all the uh, MCA and uh, other things we've talked about today at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC56. Um, so moving on a little bit, do you have any thoughts on running while pregnant? Well, I think it can be really a good thing if you have a normal, uncomplicated pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's pregnancy is a little bit different and, you know, subsequent pregnancies can even be unique. Um, but Definitely the American Academy of Obstetricians and Gynecologists recommends that continuing aerobic exercise during pregnancy can be very healthy. And so if you've been running prior to pregnancy and everything is going well, there's no reason that you need to stop. Obviously, your body is going to be changing. The Mm -hmm. first trimester, there's a ton of fatigue, often nausea and, you know, a lot of morning sickness, things like that to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it can be more challenging, but I think if you keep an easier exercise routine going, it can actually help you with a lot of those issues, you know, feel better, not only physically, but psychologically kind of feel like you're still the same person, even though your body is changing. And then as you get into the second trimester, obviously, your center of gravity is going to shift as, um, you know, the baby starts to get bigger, and you maybe gain a little more weight. So there's going to be some transitions. And some people are able to run all the way through their pregnancy, you know, up until the day they go into labor and you know, just really have a great experience. Some people have to stop at some point. And so it's another case where you just listen to your body, um, keep everything easy, and, you know, stay hydrated, wear comfortable clothes, things like that, and make sure that you have the approval of your healthcare provider as well when you're doing that. Yeah, okay, great, great advice there. And uh, I'm not sure if you, did you hear about there was a um, 
uh, Olympic runner. Uh, she's an 800 meter girl, and she, uh, I think it was a, a few weeks before she gave birth, she she raced an 800 meters, and there was a whole big controversy on her. She actually ended up running, I think, 234 or 236, which is incredible. But I know. Um, yeah. Did you did you hear about that? And I, I'm guessing you kind of knew about that. Yes. Before. Yes. I I read that and. You know, definitely raised a lot of eyebrows, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, many women are applauding her and saying, you know, you go, girl. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. think I think the days of when people looked at pregnancy as some kind of like disease yeah. are changing. I mean, I I still got a little bit of, you know, I'd be in the gym working out, and people look at me like, are you sure you should be doing that kind yeah. of thing? But yeah, and, I, and I'm sure you know, for her, she was running at much less effort than yeah. and, than she would have normally. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure she was working with her healthcare provider. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I think it's great if everything's going well, then, you know, it's so exciting that she can experience that yeah. um, while she's pregnant. Yeah, no, no, it was it was great to read and great to learn about. And especially, you know, I do I do say 236 or 34. And, you know, to most people that that's extremely fast. But keep in mind that she I think she probably runs around two minutes for her best. So quite exactly. a big uh, drop so nothing to be too concerned about um and do you have a running role model yourself is there someone that you've always looked up to or someone that you've kind of learned from and take advice from often well I think I look up a lot to you know a lot of the forerunners of our sport you know like Catherine mm-hmm. Switzer who is the first woman to run the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. um Joan Benoit Samuelson who you know won the first Olympic marathon for for the on the women's side and just a lot of the women who've paved the way for our sport. I obviously look up to them a lot. Um, there is an ultra runner um, named Lisa Smith Batchin, who is just a really inspirational person. She's been um, setting records and, you know, winning races for over 30 years. And she's just such a positive person. And she, you know, does it to raise money for um, orphans, uh, for clean water. And so there's just so many wonderful people who are using running for good out there. You know, I've run, read a lot of running autobiographies and mm-hmm. biographies, and I just love to hear people's running stories. And and then just there's those everyday people who, in spite of the challenges in their life, are, you know, really just pursuing their goals. I met a lady at a race a year ago named Rhonda from Texas, and she has Parkinson's disease. And there was one point where she was bound to her wheelchair, um, but she just kind of decided that she wasn't going to be stuck in a wheelchair. And through a process of time, she started to walk again and gradually started to run. Now she's run over a hundred half marathons and several oh. marathons and a you know fifty couple fifty k's. And you know she de- deals with a lot of pain, um, a lot of fatigue, you know things that. I can only imagine having to push through, but she has such a great attitude and she just refuses to quit. And so people like that are really my heroes. Those are the kind of people that I look up to. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, it, it is amazing to see some of the people that do come into the running world and how inspirational they are. But I do think it is important. You you talked about uh, never giving up. And I think there's there's a few ways of looking at that. That is very important. And but people have to be able to see the difference between never giving up as in your shins are absolutely killing you and you can't you can't bear to take another step, but you can't give up. But in that kind of situation, it's not so much you're giving up, but you are being smart and listening to your body. But that doesn't mean you give up on your dreams and give up on what you want. But I think there's a there's a difference that it can be difficult to understand that 
you know, there are going to be setbacks and, you know, I'm sure the lady you talked about, she's, you know, went through a whole load of setbacks, but it is, it's just persevering through those moments. So, Exactly. I think there's a difference between never quitting and maybe strategic quitting, you know, <laughs> when you realize that you have to stop to run another day, you yeah. know, and like you said, never pushing through injury or mm-hmm. something that's, you know, going to cause long-term damage that's, yep. You know, taking care of yourself physically is more important than, you know, maybe a particular speed workout mm-hmm. that you're trying to hit times or a particular race. But mm-hmm. like you said, you know, just kind of regrouping and figuring out how you're go- still going to achieve your goal um, while, you know, keeping your health and mm-hmm. <laughs> mental and physical health in, in mind. Yeah, definitely. You're, at the end of the day, your long-term health is is the most important thing, and that's a well. That's a great uh, great point for us to end on. And uh, I just have one more question for you, which uh, I ask all the guests we have on the show. But if you could give me one word to describe what you would like to become, accomplish, achieve this year, what would it be? I think it would probably be progress, okay. and it kind of goes back to that mantra of. Um, seek progress and not perfection. And I think there's a lot of things in life I'm trying to balance and juggle, but I just want to keep moving forward and making progress in all those areas and becoming the best person that I can be. So yeah, progress. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful word. And I think it's one that everyone can apply to their, to their life if they think about it and they choose to. So Angie, thank you so much for coming on the Run to the Top podcast. And I look forward to coming on the podcast with you next week. Um, I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed uh, listening to you and I will put uh, links to the Marathon Training Academy uh, website on this uh, webpage which is at runnersconnect.net forward slash rc56 so make sure you go check Andy and Trevor out and uh, thank you for coming on the show thank you so much Tina it's been a pleasure to talk to you and we look forward to interviewing you later isn't she lovely I really enjoyed that interview and what a great person to talk to the topics from today's episode as well as a link to the Marathon Training Academy website can be found at runnersconnect.net forward slash rc56 if you enjoyed today's podcast i would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on itunes on the show notes at runnersconnect.net forward slash rc56 there is a video demonstration of how you can do just that i made it pretty clear i think and hopefully it'll be easy for you to do it would really help us rise up the rankings we really want to be the number one running podcast and you giving us a review really helps us get there Thank you so much in advance and have a great week.